Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. Our church exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media at newgrace.cc on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about us or to support this ministry financially, visit us at newgrace.cc. All right, you ready? So um, when Pastor Derek said, hey, I want you to preach the first sermon of 2023. I thought, great, that's a New Year's Day. I do some New Year, New Me crap. You know? It'll be my best year. Um, and I decided, I said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't, naturally, I don't like to do things that are expected. Expected of me, expected by others. I just, I'm not wired that way. Um, so I got to thinking, like, what would be a good what, what, what would be good? And, and me and the Lord started spending some time together. And some of the stuff that I'm going to say today, if you're in this room and you've ever approached me and said, Pastor Jeff, I've got something that God wants me to do. Like, I, I want to, I feel like God wants me to start this ministry. Then you're going to hear something for the second time. Um, because here's the deal. Today, I feel like we need to talk about vision. Because today is, is moving forward. It's about the future. Um, and... Um, I told the staff a couple weeks ago in a very loving way that I don't want any more excuses. None. Circumstantial, situational, don't want them. Like, if they're there, they're there. But we're not going we're, we're to hinder. They're not going to hinder us, and we're not going to hover over them, and we're not going to use them. We're not going to accept them. And as we walk into a new year, we have all these ideas, and we have all this stuff that we want to see and we want to do and we want to accomplish and we want to be. But if we really deduce that down to what it really is, most of it has absolutely nothing to do with God. It's about us. And today I want to try to help you catch some vision. Because where this church is going in the next year, it's going to be fast, it's going to be hectic, and it's going to seem a little crazy. Like a little crazy. If you haven't figured this out yet, we are absolutely nuts. Like, I know I look calm and put together, but on the inside, there's a torrent in here, man. It's like a Category 5 hurricane going around in here. I'm trying not to cuss in front of all y'all. Jesus, be with me. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked to heaven and asked, why doesn't God do something? I'm good. Why doesn't God do something? Like, I know you have, I have. When you look at our world, when you look at culture, when you look at our society here in the western hemisphere of the globe, it's like, man, why wouldn't God just fix some of this? Why doesn't God do something? When you look at your personal life and you have things that you can't solve or you can't overcome, you just want God to do something, right? And nine times out of ten, you're wanting God to do something on the exterior when God really wants to do something on the interior. Like, I want God to solve my problem I want God to fix this for me, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to allow him or be willing for him to solve something in me or fix something in me. I want him to do this. So, like, think about it. He says, you know, why doesn't God do something? So I've got, I've got something here in the book of Habakkuk that I want to share with you. All right? Now, here's the deal. Before I share what I have, I'm giving you homework. I used to teach school, so you all have homework. First day of 2023. I want you, this week, to read the first chapter of Habakkuk. Because 
The first chapter is not the sermon, it's the second chapter, but you've got to read it. I'll paraphrase it for you, but I want you to read it, because I feel like that's a good step in your progression and growth, is that you actually read your Bible. Like, read it. You know what would be even better? If everybody started bringing their Bibles to church. I know we got it on the screen, I know you got it on your phone, but there's just something about a leather-bound, covered Bible. Plus, it kind of identifies who you are and who you represent when you got it in your hand. Like, I, I know that's old school and it seems archaic, but, but it, it just is what it is. Like, what if we brought our Bibles to church? Think about it. So, basically, for me to get to where I want to go, the prophet is overwhelmed by his circumstances in chapter 1, and he starts to ask questions. The first thing he says is, here, I'll read it to you. This is what he says. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou will not hear, even cry unto thee of violence, and thou will not save. You know what's funny is, is sometimes when you ask God something, he'll answer. Because the prophet has this dialogue with God, and he starts off with this question of, why don't you do something? And then God answers him. He basically says, hey, I'm going to send the Babylonians into Judea, and they're going to sack your kingdom, and you're going to be slaves. He said, hey, why don't you do something? God said, here's what I'm going to do. And then guess what the prophet says next? Why are you going to do that? Have you ever prayed for something? Have you ever literally like journaled something down and said, God, I want to see you do this. And then God does it, but he doesn't do it the way you think it should be done. And then you go, why'd you do that? Why does it have to happen like that? Why does it have to be like that? Why can't it be like what I imagined and what I thought? Right? So I'm going to help you here in a minute. Just, just, just hang tight. Habakkuk questions God's methods after he questions God about doing something, right? He says, I'm going to send the Chaldeans. They're going to overtake you. You can read that in verses 5 through 11 in chapter 1. In verse 13, the second half of the verse, he says, why do you look on those that deal treacherously? Why do you want to use them to solve the problems that we have, right? So check this out. Let me read some scripture to you here. You ready? In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I, this is the, this is the prophet speaking, he says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And in verse 2 it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Let's pray. Father, be with us the next few minutes. Be with this congregation. Be with me, Lord. God, I pray that you would move all obstacles out of the way. God, we bring everything before your throne, Lord. We throw it at your feet, God. We ask you just to fill this room with your spirit, God. Move through this place. Use us in the next few moments. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the prophet and God have this discourse in chapter 1. And then the prophet says, I'm going to do something different. That's what he says in verse 1. He says, he says, I will stand upon my watch. He goes up into a tower on the city wall. He's elevated above his surroundings. And he begins to look out at everything upon the plain and within the town. Now think about this. Paul tells us in Colossians that we should set our affections on things above. Right? But most of us, our hearts, have nothing to do with anything that's above. 
You know what Jesus said? He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The things that pull on your heart are an inclination of where your heart's at. Like, if you come into an environment like this, and it does not bother you that the Holy Spirit's hindered, and that things get stuck because of sin, but then you get mad at something that happens in the world, this is tough preaching. I'd really like that new year, new me sermon right now, Pastor Jeff. If you get torn out of the frame over something that happens during your day, but it does not hinder you or, 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 or push down on your heart when you do something to quench the Spirit. He says, I'm going to get up above all of this. I done, I done, I done, I done cross-examined God. He gave me the answers that I didn't want. He's going to do something that I don't think He should do, but i got to get up above all of this, and i got to seek Him through this. He says, I will set upon my watch. He goes up into the watchtower over the city like a sentinel, and he waits. He waits. This is something that we all struggle with. You and I are impatient people. You'll use the church like a drive through This ain't in the notes. It's free. You get this with your value meal. You'll use it like a drive through We'll come bopping in here one day out of the week, get what we need, and go back out into the world. Just, you know? Won't think about God. Won't talk to God. God's not on our lips. He's not in our hearts. He's not in our minds. Because we, we, we distinguish all of this, this physical place, with God. But God wants you to distinguish this temple as the place of God. If you started to distinguish this as the temple of God, you'd take better care of it. You'd make better decisions with it. You'd say no to some things that you say yes to. You wouldn't be so willing to run headfirst into everything. You'd get up on a tower somewhere and like, I'm going to wait. And see what God wants. Check this out. He says, I'm going to set upon my watch. He goes to the watchtower, how about the kingdom? He's elevated. Now, he watches and he waits for God's direction. You see, sometimes you have to change your view to catch vision. You cannot stay in the same position and in the same place and expect something new to happen if you're satisfied with the same. And that sounded really good when it came out. Did it make sense? You cannot expect something new if you're satisfied with the same. Like, God's people in the 21st century have gotten so complacent and so comfortable that we literally make peace with evil when we see it because we don't want confrontation and we don't like conflict. Well, let me tell you something. When you got saved, maybe you didn't read the disclaimer, but you were enlisted into an army that's part of a kingdom that is not of this world, and your king expects you to fight. You need to learn how to fight for yourself first before you can fight for others. And that, that, that's going to require you to get elevated above your circumstances. It's not going to change your circumstances when you get elevated, but you get elevated because you get above it. When you get above it, that's when you get to where God's at. When you get to where God's at, that's when you start getting solutions for the circumstances that are below you. The prophet knew this. The prophet knew this. He said, i got to get up here. i got to get up high. I'm stuck. All I can see are these circumstances in this situation that's driving me crazy. i gotta, I got to get elevated. I need to change my view in order to catch this vision. i got to change my view. So check this out. He doesn't do anything until he hears from God. 
We don't know how long of a time period was between verse 1 and verse 2. Did he stay a day? Did he stay a week? Did he stay a month? Did he stay? We don't know. He just said, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to wait. You know, sometimes God's wanting you to do something so simple, but seems so inconvenient. Side note, passionate people lack patience. I just do it myself. Passionate people lack patience. Therefore, they have no plan. And when you don't have a plan, your passion is pointless. That's tough stuff, but it's true. I'm going to help you because I'm going to show you here. Passion's great. We should all have passion. But we also have to have a plan that's attached to that passion. That plan's part of that vision that God gives us. He says, I'm going to wait. Sometimes you got to go back to Psalm 46.10 and understand that I need to be still and know that you are God instead of trying to run around and act like I am God. Be still. Like every once in a while, you and I, we just got to, as hard as it is in this world with everything that comes at us through these and through unlimited entertainment and everything else, sometimes we just got to get somewhere and we just got to get still. We just got to get still, man. Like, how many of you spend at least 10 minutes in silence a day? Good job. Good job. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. No music. No TV. Nobody talking. Nobody. Just 10 minutes of silence. You say, well, when I get, when I get quiet and get silence, then all the voices in my head start running around. That's why you got to get elevated. you got to go to a place where they can't go. Anyways, some of you could benefit from being still every once in a while. You could. Because when I get still, that's when I am the most obedient. When I choose to stop and turn everything off, God has my full attention. God has every ounce of me in that moment, and I'm still. And I don't move. And I don't speak. Until I hear from God. Some of you say, what, what, what does that mean, Pastor Jeff? It's like, God, like, I talks to you? Like, all right, Jeff, I want you to go down to the Exxon and get a Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew Zero, whatever. <laughs> no, not, 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 not for me. Normally, what happens is, is when I get still and I get quiet, God's real good about honoring. This, and when he speaks, it normally comes through that. He, he proclaims a word, and then he fulfills a word, and then he applies it. Like, I'm, I'm really careful about walking up to people and saying, well, God told me to tell you this, because if I can't back up what I'm about to tell you with Scripture, then I don't need to say it. Point blank, period. I ain't no fortune teller. God ain't no genie in a bottle that I can just rub and he pop out and say, hey, you need you to go tell him this right here. No, you got to be in that word. You got to be in that word. Because the gift of prophecy is fulfilled through the word. Sorry. You ready for the second part? He says, I'll stand upon my watch. He's going to wait. He's going to listen. 
And God answers him in verse 2. And here's what God tells him. He says, write the vision. Anytime you take time to write something down, it will stick to you better. When you're reading your Bible, when you're praying, when you're at church, when you're listening to sermons, when you're on a podcast, whatever it is that you're doing throughout your day, throughout your time, throughout your week, when the Holy Spirit uses something to speak to the soul of yourself and your heart, you need to write it down. You mean i got to walk around with a pen and a paper? I'll say, yes, you should. When you're reading your Bible, you should have a pen and a paper next to you. He said, write the vision. you got to write stuff down. You know why? You write stuff down because if you don't, the enemy's going to slip in and steal it from you. Have you, have you ever been in, in it and it's just good and then you don't write it down and then you go back five minutes and you're like, he'll steal it. He said, write the vision. When you take time to write something down, it has more stickiness to it. When God speaks something into your life, the best way to hold on to that word is to write it down. Write it down. I know that sounds so like 1990s. You can take your little smartphone and put it in your notes. You can put it in a Google Drive, whatever, but you got to write it down. I would encourage you to actually use a writing utensil and write it down because there's something about the brain with the muscles, and when you use this thing, it sticks in here, and then it sticks in here because you took time to physically do something for God. Physically. You can punch it in your phone. You use your little thumbs. Some of y'all be doing it with one finger like this, spelling everything wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Let me tell you this about vision. He says write the vision. Here's what you need to understand when you start writing stuff. It may be cloudy or incomplete at first, and that's okay. Like when God starts breathing vision into you, nine times out of ten, it's attached to your passion, and it has something to do with your gifts and your abilities. Nine times out of ten. God knows what you're good at, and God knows what you're good at that you don't know you're good at yet. God knows what your spiritual gifts are. And God's going to interweave all these things. And when he starts giving you vision, he's not going to lay out the whole plan. You don't get the whole blueprint. You don't. You, you get like the blueprint for the foundation. Here's the other thing about vision. Nine times out of ten, the vision isn't even actually for you. It's for everyone else. God wants to work through you to fulfill it. That's why it's important to write it down. Patience is key, too. You see, vision's the big picture. It's the flood of hopes, dreams, and desires that God's locked away in your heart. And you can't get discouraged if it doesn't look the way you thought it would. Remember in chapter 1, the prophet was discouraged. Wow, I'm crying over here all day, praying all the time. You ain't saying nothing. Then you said something. I didn't like what you said. What you mean you're going to send them in here? What's that about? What you mean we got to move out of our building? What you mean we got to have church on Sunday night? What you mean we got to move 30 miles away from our base? I just share my heart. Right? And then when God starts to speak, you can't be discouraged because it doesn't look the way you thought it would. Nine out of ten, what you saw is just a glimpse of what God actually has. That's how vision works. And I know some of y'all in here, y'all some passionate folks, man. Y'all be beating down my door. Pastor Jeff, we want to do this. We want to do this. We want to do this. And I've got something that I always slide across the table. It's called the Habakkuk Principle. You do these things, and then we'll talk. But if you can't do those things, I ain't talking to you. Not about that. Not about that. He says, write the vision and make it plain. 
Take your time and work through the details. Define your purpose because your purpose is always connected to your passion. Use the experiences that you've had to help shape and guide the process and understand why you're doing it. The why is the most important part. The what of the vision is the thing that you do. The where is the area, not just physically, but spiritually, that you serve and minister to. Everybody ties the where to a physical location. But if you truly believe what you say and the Holy Spirit lives within you and you are a temple, then wherever you go, ministry can happen. Any environment that you inhabit, ministry has the opportunity to happen if you are ready and obedient for it to happen. You don't have to be in this building. You don't have to have a time on the calendar. You don't have to have an appointment with a pastor. You got the Holy Spirit living within you. You can walk in that gas station down there and ministry can happen just like that. You don't need a title. You, you don't need a paycheck from a church. You don't need none of that. What would happen if this church got energized and motivated and mobilized? And you understand that you have the same thing that I have, the same thing that he has, the same thing that they have, and you can take that with you wherever you go. And you can use it. He said, make it plain. It's not just a physical place, it's spiritual. When is directly related to being on God's timing. Like, most of us, including myself, are a little impatient. Like, like I, I may be out here hanging still tomorrow. Just saying. I'm impatient. Ask anybody that works on this staff. I try to be considerate, but I am very impatient. And I don't have a middle. I don't. It's either 100 or it's negative. That's just how it works with me. My middle fell off like 10 years ago. It just, I, I just, I shed it. I got rid of it. The wind is directly, directly related to being on God's timing. He said, I'll stand upon the watch and set me upon the tower, and I'll watch to see what he'll say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. The wind is dependent on God. Just because you want to do it right now doesn't mean that you should. We wait on God. That's the wind. The why that's why you do it. It's for you sometimes, and sometimes it's through you. And there's a difference between the two because one is self-centered and the other one is selfless. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? If I'm doing this for me, then it's self-centered. It'll only go so far. It'll only accomplish so much. It'll only ever be temporary. But if I'm not doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for someone else, if I'm doing it for Christ, then guess what? It's selfless and it's eternal. It will live beyond me. It will live beyond you. It will live beyond this church. It will live beyond us. It will. What does that have to do with vision? Here's what it has to do. The thing to understand about vision is this. God's vision for your life isn't about you. It just includes you. That's God's way of including you. You're his child. He loves you. He's long-suffering, he's faithful, he's merciful, he's graceful. He's extended eternal life to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And he says, here's how I include you. It doesn't mean that you have sole proprietorship of it. It does not mean that it is your LLC. It doesn't mean that you're going to make a bunch of profit off of it. It says, no, I'm going to include you in this because I choose to. Because I want to, because I'm your father and I love you. And I'm a good father. 
because this is how I include you. It's not me giving you ownership. We don't own this. We don't own new grace. If God decided for new grace to cease, guess what would happen? It would not matter what we do. It would cease. It would, because it belongs to God. It's hard for us to fathom that in our minds sometimes. God's vision for your life isn't even about you. It just merely includes you. Look at this next statement. He says, I want you to make it plain that he may run who reads it. Run means that there's a time to sit still and a time to move. Check this out. Here's what I do to people. I mess them up when they come in my office. Ooh, Pastor Jeff, we need to do this event. Fill this out. Tell me who, what, when, where, and why we should do that. And then I even give them a game plan on how to fill out the document. Take this principle here in Habakkuk 2. This is what you do. Write it down. Make it plain. You know why? Because I don't sit still. Not a lot. I was up here Friday, and I turned the water on the bathroom trailer, and it looked like Niagara Falls out there. And this is one of those, I'm 100 or I'm negative. I called him, and I was like, dog, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, it's going to be a mess. And then, you know, I had to get my composure afterwards. Heather's like, you need to calm down. She's like, you really have to think of everything, don't you? Yeah. I do. You want people to be able to get on board with what God's doing in you, then it has to be plain. Because most people that you're going to encounter, especially, especially lost people, are not going to take the time to slow down and sit still. They're going to brush you off. They're going to pass you by. They're, 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 they might be polite and kind and act like they're listening. They look at your forehead and just, right so when you make it plain it gives you the ability to share it it gives you the ability to take it out into this lost and dying world it, it gives you the ability to be able to communicate it to other people that maybe God's put on your heart that are supposed to do this with you because everyone's moving so fast in the 21st century everyone's got 20 1100 million things going on at one time he said I want people to be able to read this while they run like, it denotes what I haven't, I want to be over there. <laughs> what it denotes is sending a messenger out onto a battlefield with orders for a war campaign. That's what it denotes to. That's what, that's what God's alluding to when he's talking to the prophet. I want you to have this mindset. You are engaged in a spiritual war constantly. It never turns off. It never goes away. You're going to win some battles. You're going to lose some battles. That's just how it works in a war effort because it's not just one battle. It's a campaign. So when you make things plain, that messenger needs to be able to take that and run to the general, run to the captain, run to the forces on the front line and communicate it clearly. That's what he's denoting when he says make it plain so that those that run may read it. My favorite part, he said the vision is for an appointed time. You guys remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? Yeah, I know that story. You remember when God said, hey, I'm going to make a nation out of you? And Abraham was like, bro, I'm 100 years old. Where's this nation? Sarah's 90. And he says, hey, Sarah, I got an idea. 
famous words, why don't we take Hagar and we'll fulfill this promise of God. He goes into Hagar and then they have Ishmael. Right? You remember, you remember this story? I think my timeline might be a little bit off, but, but, but like God made them a promise. God gave them a vision for the future and a plan, but it did not happen when they thought it should and it did not happen how they thought it was going to happen. So they go make their own plan because here's the deal. They're passionate people. They want to see the promises of God fulfilled. But anytime you and I put our person in the place of Christ, the plan gets messed up. Anytime you and I decide to sit on the throne instead of kneel before it, the plan gets jacked up. The problems that came from that one decision are still playing out today in modern history. They're still fighting. They will never cease to fight. Because of one decision. I'm going to run in front of God and I'm going to do this. He said, no, the vision, Perry, wait for it. It may not have happened for you last year. Can I be honest with you? It may not happen for you this year. It may not happen next year. It might not ever happen while you walk this earth. What you saw, what you heard, may be something that God's designed for you on the other side of whatever this is. But understand this, when God said that it's an appointed time, it will come, it will speak, and not lie. God keeps His promises. There are so many promises throughout Scripture that God has fulfilled. And just because it doesn't happen the way that we think it should, or when we think it should, does not mean that God didn't say it, and God won't fulfill it. Maybe your best year doesn't happen here. Maybe not. Maybe God appointed that season for you on the other side. Maybe there's some things that you're doing right now, and they're not going to speak just yet. Maybe God's not going to allow those things to actually speak until after you're gone. The culmination of legacy is this. It's a million middle moments done well. Everybody wants to do something big. Everybody wants to change the world with one idea. Everybody wants to be the next Bezos or the next Musk. But if you want to establish legacy within the people that God has put in your life, you've got to master the middle moments. It's the things that you overlook and you pass by every single day. It is the people that you choose not to notice, the people that you choose not to speak to, and the things that you put off until tomorrow. When you master the middle moments, that's when your legacy is created. That's when it's culminated and it goes out and it lasts longer than you because that's the whole point of legacy. It's something that exists after you don't. We should all be so fortunate to have legacy that lasts longer than us. He said it's going to speak at the end. That tells me that God still has some things to say and share. He has some things to say to you. He has some things to share with you. And it may feel late, and it may look late, and it may seem late, but God's always right on time. God's never missed a date. He's never missed an appointment. And just so you all know, everyone in here has one appointment that you won't be late for, and you will not miss. My Bible tells me it is appointed on demand once to die. Then the judgment. He's going to be right on time. He said it will surely come. So here's, here's where I want to land. 
I want to know, what has God shown you? And when I say that, I want you to understand what I'm saying. When I ask you, what has God shown you, what I mean is, is what's that thing that every time it touches that place in you, something rises up? When, 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 when I talk about what God's shown you, it's, it's that moment, it's that memory, it's that thing, because here's the deal. Some of you, some of you had vision, and you felt like it died because a season of your life changed, or something in your life happened that was tragic. But vision doesn't die. It doesn't die. Where there is no vision, that's when things die. That's when things die. So what do you see? And what has God shown you? What is it that as you step into this new year, you feel like God has pressed upon your heart? The Holy Spirit just rises up in you, and, it, and it's just like a, a song on repeat, and you hear it over and over and over and over. And, and some, of you, some of you have been there before, because I can tell because your conversation sounds like this. Well, I, you, at my other church, I used to do this. You know, I, I used to drive a bus at my, at my last church, you know. I used to teach a class. I used to do this. I used to do that. What are you doing now? You would be amazed at what God can do with an available person. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to have a title. Most days, I wish I didn't have mine. I could actually act the way I want to. Probably do anyways, but... Sometimes I just wonder why God even uses me. And a long time ago, I figured it out. It had nothing to do with my ability or my gifts, my personality. It was because a long time ago, I said, Lord, I want to be available for you. And when I'm available for you, that means I say no to other things. That means that I make decisions based on my availability to God. And when I got available, that's when I started catching vision. That's where I got the ability to sit at a table with other people and just dream about the future. And you know what's so cool about dreaming about the future? Is when you get to see things come to pass. You know, because there, there was a season where it felt and looked like the dream had died here. It sure did. There were, there were some times where we sat around a table and, and had to make contingency plans based on what do we do if all this crumbles like a sandcastle on a beach when the tide comes in. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? And through all of that, we just stay available. I'm available. I'm open. No more excuses. When the excuses get loud and they get heavy and the circumstances start to weigh, I want to get elevated. I got to get above it. I need, I need quiet and I need still. That's what the prophet did. So I'm going to go up in this watchtower. I'm going to tell nobody to bother me until I come down. I don't want to hear from you until I hear from God. And he waited. God blessed that availability. He, he blessed that stillness and that obedience. And he said, here's your answer. You're going to write this down. You're going to make it as plain as possible. That way when you hand it to somebody, they know exactly what they have. 
And you may come through a season where you feel like it's not going to happen and it's not going to come to pass and that maybe I misspoke and I'm not going to keep my word, but I need you to remain faithful and available because it will happen. It will come to pass. It's going to speak one day and it will not lie. So what would you see when you were ringing in the new year last night and your puppy dogs just barely escaped? And you started making plans for 2023, probably back before Christmas. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to be better with my money. I'm going to be more faithful at church. I'm going to stop worrying about things that I have no control over, which is absolutely everything. The only thing you can control is your response to the uncontrollable. Let me help you right here. You're sitting here. sitting here right now and it's by no mistake this isn't chance this isn't dumb luck this is design God knew who was going to be here today God knew who was going to be sitting in these chairs he already knew what was going to be said because all we did was recommunicate what he already said maybe the next few moments you need to get elevated above the circumstances and the situations and stop worrying about how it's going to happen. Stop worrying about when it's going to happen or what it is that's going to happen and focus more on who. The who. Because when I get elevated, I'm looking for the who. Not the what, not the when, not the where, not even the why. I'm looking for the who. I have to get elevated because I want to be available to God and I want to hear from Him. You can't do that if you stay down here amongst all this situational mess. You can't do that if you're down here worried about a Chaldean army marching in and taking over your city. You can't do that if you're down here worried about all the problems and troubles in society and everything that surrounds you and you wish you could do something about it. That's not for you to do. That's God's. In the next few moments, you just get to a place where you say, Lord, I'm going to make myself available this year. I just want to be available. I don't want to make a bunch of promises that I'm not going to keep. I don't want to have a resolution that's going to wear off in six weeks like a new gym membership. I just want to be available. And understand the depth of what you're saying. Because the depth of what you're saying is, God, I'm open to whatever you want to do because I'm available. I might not understand it. It might not make sense to me. I might not even fully grasp what you're saying, but I want to be available. And I'm available because I want to be where you are. I'm tired of being down here at the base of the wall with all these problems and all these troubles, which I have no solution for. I'm tired of being ruled by fear and anxiety. I'm tired of looking at all the uncontrollable things and trying to control them and losing my mind. I just want to be available. I just want to be available. If you do your homework, you'll see what I'm saying. Because Habakkuk was losing his mind. Chapter 1. He was having a panic attack. That's what we would call it today, 2023. Full meltdown, anxiety, blowout. He got somewhere quiet. and He got above all of it. He said, Lord, I'm just going to be available. I'm just going to be available. And once he did that, that's when God opened up the floodgates of heaven and started raining vision, direction, plans, and purposes 
for this man and for the future. That's what you need as a church. That's what we need as individuals. Because there's a lot of big things coming this year. There's a lot of things that are going to be communicated to you. And the way you receive these things, and the way they sit with you will solely be based on your availability. Because if you come in here next week like you did this morning at the front end of worship and it was closed off and we're all just going to operate in our own little circles because we don't know what to do. Next week you should come in here saying, no, I'm just going to be available. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to be available. I'm available. I'm going to be available for praise. I'm going to be available for worship. I want to be available for prayer. I just want to be available. I just want to let God use this vessel that he created for his honor and his glory. And understand that sometimes, sometimes I'm not going to use this vessel the way it was intended. I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get dented. It's going to get dinged up. But I have a father that I can go to and say, Lord, I'm available. Lord, here it is. And be in complete agreement with God about what's next. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are posted on Tuesdays.